Hi, I'm Curtis Hill, and you are listening to The Extra Point. I want to thank you once again for downloading this episode, for taking the time to listen to it. It means a lot to me. I'm grateful if it can be of some benefit to you. That's certainly my hope. The Extra Point is a place where I can take some things that God has been teaching me, some things that have been impressed on my heart. Some of those things, there's just not enough time to share on a Sunday morning. And so I'm grateful for an outlet, an avenue to share a few more of those thoughts and also to reinforce the sermon from this past Sunday. So this past Sunday was March 8th, and we looked at Acts 4, which really is the second part of a story that's being told. Acts 3 is the story of a lame man who is healed. This man had been lame from birth, and we're told in Acts 4 that he's 40 years old, and he had been struggling for all those years, and one day his life changed when he met Peter and John. There's this great miracle in Acts 3. When you roll over into Acts 4, the aftermath of that miracle and the aftermath of Peter's explanation of what was going on in that miracle actually puts Peter and John and all Christians at odds with the temple authorities, the chief priests, the scribes, the the Sadducees, the high priest. All these are coming into opposition with Peter and John. And Acts 4 documents that opposition and documents the response of Peter and John. And I call our attention to their faithful response, their bold response to even being imprisoned, being arrested and having an overnight stay in prison, and then a trial before what's the Sanhedrin, which is Sadducees, the ruling the ruling people in the temple of that day. So we looked at Acts 3, and it's the first hint of that confrontation that when the message of Christ goes forward, even after Jesus has ascended to heaven, Acts 4 is that first place where we realize, oh, this is going to be a struggle. And I mentioned, like, what would prepare us for a moment of trial? What would prepare us for a moment of persecution? And really, I emphasize probably Sunday more on the persecution side rather than the trial. There are so many things that come into our life that test our faith. Maybe a question we're asking, maybe it's good times for us right now. It's not hard times. Maybe the question we ask ourselves is, how do I know I will stand firm in a moment where my faith is being tested? Maybe by persecution, maybe by suffering, maybe by hard times. So I offered a couple things this past Sunday. One of those things that I offered was when the cross and the resurrection is at the center of our lives, we are prepared. We're better prepared. There's no guarantees here, but we're better prepared to stay faithful to Jesus, to not abandon him. Why? Because we look at the cross and we realize that was personal, that was powerful. And so we identify with that. So Christians ought to have regular rhythms of bringing the cross of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to our minds and to our hearts. That'll be through gathering and worship. That'll be through reading God's word. That will be through thinking, maybe even reading Christian books about the cross and the resurrection. That'll be through listening to songs and how they move our heart and our our affections are close to the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I also mentioned that there ought to be a closeness to Jesus and a close communion with him. So it's not just that our heads are being filled with knowledge, although there's nothing wrong with head knowledge, but it's also that our hearts are being drawn close to Jesus. So even this, in this text, Acts 4, the people that are opposing Peter and John 
recognized that they had been with Jesus. And that's exactly what Jesus called them in the Gospels. It says that Jesus called his apostles to be with him. And they recognize that has happened. And so I think that closeness prepares us. We identify with Jesus in a close relational way so that when we're put to the test, we cannot abandon someone that means that much to us. And then finally, I encouraged us to recognize that we should recognize we have no other options. Where else are we going to go? Peter asked at one point, you have the words of life. There are a few verses in Acts chapter 4 I remember memorizing as a kid. And when I was reading it again, one of those is verse 12. It just took me back to all these times I had memorized and and thought about these verses. So I'm just going to read a few of them. Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. And then I mentioned a few moments ago, Acts 4.13, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. And then Acts 4, 19 and 20, Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you can decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. So I love these verses. And I I hope even as you're thinking about them, again, reminded, uh, maybe some of these points stick with you in another way. I did mention at the beginning of my message that there are places in this world that are very hostile to Christianity. And I didn't go into a lot of detail, didn't elaborate. I think if you wanted to just get a a glimpse, and sometimes I really, really believe Christians, especially in the West, where we can worship in relative freedom, we can hold our beliefs even in relative freedom. Uh, If you go to persecution.com, I think that's the Voice of the Martyrs website, you will see how Christians of all different denominations, how they are being mistreated around the world. You'll get a glimpse into what our brothers and sisters in Christ have to deal with. If you were to go to the website of Open Doors, it's also another organization that monitors the persecution of Christians. And I will link to these and a couple other articles just to give you a glimpse into the suffering of Christians worldwide. So when we read Acts 4, there's some persecution of Peter and John. Uh, We don't see that kind of immediate persecution in our context. I, I don't see that. I will say, though, where does that take place in at least a hint of that in our context in the West? So, again, I would definitely encourage you to look at the the websites of international Christianity and how it is being threatened. Two places come to mind, though, where you might be marginalized, you might be dismissed, you might be looked at as strange. And I could probably name many more, but I one of those is certainly has to be the college campus or even the high school, middle school campus, where to hold Christian beliefs is going to put you at odds with many people. Sometimes the predominant culture is going to be at odds with biblical Christianity. In another place that seems increasingly growing in its hostility toward uh, biblical teaching, what the church has taught for 2,000 years, is just corporate America. And so it seems like corporation after corporation is almost getting trying to knock each other out of the front of the line in joining a revolution that is not just a, a revolution of some things in society. It is a push many times against a clear biblical teaching. I, I mean, particularly uh, corporate America and just the predominant culture often has real issues with Christians' claims of the exclusivity. Jesus is the exclusive way to heaven. It seems at odds, a dissonant note to what culture sounds. And then Certainly, the biblical 
traditional biblical understanding of sexuality and marriage and gender, what the church has thought for literally 2,000 years on this, and even going back into Hebrew scriptures, there's a pretty unified voice on this. People today, corporate America often has no time, no tolerance. Uh, ironically, in a message of tolerance, they have no tolerance for those sorts of beliefs, and those are you're not even allowed sometimes to hold those privately or express those in in any other setting if you hold to traditional Christian beliefs. So just a, an awareness for us. One thing that I did want to highlight, and I didn't get to allude to this much, was the comparisons. I did mention it, but I didn't dive deep into it. The comparison between Luke 20 and 21 and 22 and Acts chapter 3 and 4. And I begin noticing the parallels, noticing some similar wording, noticing groups of people. And at the end of Luke, Luke 20, 21, 22, 23, even, it is the last days of Jesus. And he is being confronted by the ruling authorities in the temple. And then in Acts 4, you've got Peter and John, first followers of Jesus, being confronted by the ruling authorities uh, in the temple as well. I found a book that highlighted these in, in a nice chart. It is a book on Acts by David Garland. And so here are the similarities that he notes in this, and and maybe you'll see it. In Luke chapter 20 and verse 1 to 37, Jesus is teaching in the temple before his arrest. In Acts 3, 1 through 26, the apostles are teaching. In Luke 20 and verse 17, there is a citation of Psalm 118 verses 22 and verse 22, where there is a speaking of the rejected stone the one that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That's referred to also in Acts 4.11. In Luke 22.52, a reference is made to the captain of the temple, that same captain of the temple. I don't know if it's the same uh, individual, but likely it could have been, is referred to in Acts chapter 4 and verse 1. In Luke 20 and verse 19, it says that the authorities laid hands on Jesus. Same thing happens in Acts chapter 4. The authorities lay hands on on the disciples. In Luke 22, verse 66, it says that uh, Jesus is examined by the Sanhedrin the morning after the arrest. Same thing happens with the disciples in Acts chapter 4. In uh, Luke 20, and verse 2, there's a challenge by what authority, what power do you do this to Jesus? Same thing is said to the disciples in Acts chapter 4, and verse 7. In Luke 19 and 20, and verse 22, the people prevent the leaders from taking action. The same thing happens in Acts 4.21. They're scared of the people. So I find so many connections. And here's, here's what I'm reminded of. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. The servant's not greater than the master. And so we shouldn't be surprised when people line up in opposition to us as we are following Jesus, because people lined up in opposition to Jesus as well. What our attention, again, going back to the message on Sunday, our attention ought to be to the cross and the resurrection, not even just to our own experience, but to the objective realities of what Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, what that means. And we ought to have a closeness with Jesus rather than just a desire for public approval. These things will move our hearts to stay faithful to him. So I hope that's a little bit helpful as we dig a little bit further into this story of Acts 4. Lord willing, we'll pick up more, uh, more aftermath of this healing, and, and we'll look at what the disciples do next in the end of Acts chapter 4. A couple recommendations, book-wise. I didn't want to leave without giving you a couple of those. One is a book I've been reading called The Land of Hope. It is by an author 
who's a professor at the University of Oklahoma. I think his name's Wilfred McClay. It's a story of American history, and I have found it to be wide-eyed, open, honest, but also hopeful. And I enjoyed it as a student of American history. I enjoyed reading his interpretation of that and his collection and organization of the story of America. So I'm glad to pass that along to you. And then also another book just in Bible study that may be helpful is How to Read the Bible, book by book. This is a book by uh, Fee and Stewart, Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart. And they take each book of the Bible and highlight some themes and give you specific advice for reading the book of Genesis or the book of Acts or the book of Revelation. And I think it could be very useful to you in Bible study or certainly if you're teaching. So anyway, I want to thank you again for listening to this week's Extra Point. Hopefully this has been helpful to you and I look forward to joining you again next week. Mm -hmm.